0: Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message.
1: Heavenly Father, prevail upon us. May you embrace us in a manner that demonstrates the transforming love with which we have been loved. Even now, as we pray in the name of your Son, our Savior Christ. Amen. So last weekend, I preached for my brother in Upland, California. And this is after I had asked him, what the heck was going on? Upland is almost perfect climate, yet the streets were all broken up and the 10, which passes right through between, between Upland and Ontario, um, well, there's all this construction going on, but the off-ramps aren't even marked. So I said, Noel, what the heck is going on around here? And then I told the congregation before I preached, I said, I just want you to know, I'm seeing California plates in Naples almost every day. <laughs> and I said, I don't know why, but I said, I just got my license renewed and I paid $46, moans in the church. And, and I filled the tank. And I paid under $3 a gallon, more moans. And, and then I, I said, uh, and we have no personal income tax in Florida. And if you want to join the rest of those folks, I mean, you're more than welcome. And they, they appreciated it. And, um, and I have to say, though, it was magnificently beautiful there. Right at the base of Mount Baldy at 10,000 feet, San Gorgonio at 12,000 feet, San Jacinto at 11. This is the valley that I grew up in and it was so, so very nice to be there. And, uh, and it was a joy to be there with, with my brother and my sister and then saw some old high school friends at a reunion and it was just a, it was a great trip. But I, I always miss being with you, always miss being at home. Our text this morning, we're going to be carrying on with the the Beatitudes. And the one we're looking at this this morning is, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And I'm going to unpack that a little bit from the Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Colossae. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free, Democrat or Republican, Christ is all that matters. <laughs> and he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be a holy people, he loves. You must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and forgive, and forgive everyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body you are called to live in peace. Always be thankful. Let the the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. May God add his understanding to this hearing of his word. Forgiveness. Forgive others as they forgive you. Love your enemies. It's a message that sounds like it's just come in from Saturn at a time like this. As we approach Tuesday and the conclusion of this midterm season, we have all been bombarded with some some of the most rancorous rhetoric. Some of the harshest talk, personal attacks and it's, it's just getting tiresome. It's almost like cruelty wins. Who can be the worst toward others? Who can be the harshest toward others? And, and where's where's the joy? Where's the the happiness about participating in this great experiment that is the American experiment, and participating in a, in a republic such as we have. And. And yet it seems that we're in a time where just cruelty wins. Who can be the worst toward the other? And somehow that garners support. You know, in a a culture that has abandoned God, we can't expect the culture to become less judgmental and more accepting and more tolerant and more loving. We can expect this as belief in God drains out of our system. I know that the statistics say that something in the neighborhood of half the American population um, participates regularly in some religious organization, church, synagogue, or mosque. But the reality is, as you know, from driving to church on any given Sunday morning, the streets are empty. If half the people were involved, the streets would be much more crowded. And the reality is it's probably under 10% that actually are participating in a faith community on any given day. And I, uh, when I was up with my brother, they, they watched all these podcasts. And uh, there was one that they were, kept watching called Louder with Crowder. And, uh, and there was one instance in which they were, Showing a back and forth between a student and some uh, conservative uh, speaker, and there was just, there was just anger going back and forth. And I don't know if about about you, but when when I was in college, it was just. Kind of a, it was all about basketball, and then I realized that this is not about basketball, it's, it's about school and about education and all that stuff. And, and uh, but I had fun in college. It's almost like the kids aren't even having fun anymore. But it's, um, this, this mood is nothing new. Walker Percy, writing in the early 70s, made this comment Why do young people look so sad? The very young who seeing how sad their elders are, have sought, have sought a new life of joy and freedom with each other and, and in the green fields and forests, but who instead of finding joy look even sadder than their elders. You know, this, is a, this is kind of a sad time. It's an angry time. And it's, it's just, it's disturbing. And then I, I heard from a covenant pastor up in, Massachusetts, who um, who said, I live in Massachusetts. I tried witnessing uh, witnessing and apologetics on our community Facebook page. I tried sharing a positive Bible verse and a, and a short devotion. I was unmercifully ridiculed, insulted, and name-called. To include, I was a racist, a pedophile, delusional, a liar, and a thief. I was shocked. I'm glad to have learned that sharing the faith in a community Facebook page will not be tolerated in my community. You'll be shouted down. So do we really want a culture, a society that doesn't have a sense of what it means to be forgiving as opposed to what it means to be judgmental? I mean, typically it's the church that's been accused of being so judgmental. But we're in the forgiveness business. One of my difficulties with what's going on in the larger church is the emphasis on justice. Well, that's an Old Testament emphasis. And and we believe in justice. But the reality is the New Testament is about forgiveness, about mercy, about grace. And it's the counterbalance to the, the understanding of God as judge. And from the New Testament, we derive this understanding that God is every bit as merciful as he is the God of justice. And when you think about it, being merciful to others may not be just (laughs) because we may know what that person's got coming. But we forgive. We forgive even though. And we've all had our own experience, even though that person deserves something very bad. And we've had to forgive. Why? Because our Lord tells us to forgive. And the parable of the the unmerciful steward tells a story about how this guy comes to his master and he says, I cannot pay everything I owe. And the, the, the master forgives him. And then that guy goes out and demands that somebody owes him 10 bucks pay or or he's going to be thrown in jail. The guy can't pay and so he throws him in jail and so on and so forth. And and Jesus says it will not be good for that one who does not forgive. It'll be a very bad experience for him. So we, we know, we know what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to forgive. We're supposed to be merciful. And, you know, it's so easy to say it. We've all had people in our lives who have a hard, very hard time to forgive them. Sometimes it's even years later. Deep hurt was inflicted. And when someone at the wrong, wrong time says, well, you know, you need to forgive that person, I am not going to forgive that person. On ministry, I've heard some pretty grisly stories. In California, there was one couple that attended. She had been a member of my church in Ventura. And it was so good to see them both and to see her, but she... She was one who had a very grisly story to tell during the time when I was a pastor in Ventura. And I was so glad to see her there, experiencing the renewal in life and presumably the far side of forgiveness. Sometimes we have to simply say it over and over and over again. I I forgive this person. I forgive this person. And we have to put ourselves on that road and move ourselves in that direction. Thomas Aquinas says there are primarily two forms of forgiveness. One is affective. That's where we show mercy because we can somehow feel what the other person is going through. And we know how that is when somebody is suffering something that, they, that is just wrong and just unjust or they all of a sudden get a cancer or they get... We, we understand, we can enter into that situation. So we, we participate with that person. It's empathy that, that allows us to move in and participate with that person and show our, our deep mercy toward that one. And then there is, he says, affective mercy affective, which is whether or not we feel it, we show it. We, we show it even though it might not be something we can enter into because it's, it's our calling. And every great Christian writer throughout the, sa- throughout the ages would suggest the same. And that is that we, we must show mercy. Failing to do so is not a good thing. In our Lord's prayer, forgive us our debts, our trespassers, as we forgive those who trespass against us. As we forgive our debtors. we say it every single Sunday. Because we need the reminding every single week, if not every single day, to do that. So, as hard as it is, and we're all fallen human beings, we're, it's hard for all of us. As hard it, as it is, it's, it's the way of personal health as well as, as the way of obedience. Let's face it, if somebody has done us something really vile, something vile to us and hurt us badly, and, and we think that our forgiveness are refusing to forgive that person is somehow going to hurt that person, well, it's like drinking poison and thinking that the other person is going to die from it. We drink that poison, we're going to die from it. So we know even as badly hurt as we may be, we have to work on it as an act of personal discipline. Now. I'm not even sure if I should forgive this person. I had a note left at my house. Says, hey, grandpa, I took one of your lemonades. And when you get home, I hope you're not sour. And then like a six-year-old, he says, get it, <laughs> love. I want to withhold forgiveness until he comes back and gives the lemonade back to me personally. <laughs> but I wonder if that isn't how, how God looks at us, however grievous our sin. You know, little kids will think what they've done is so bad and we have a hard time not laughing when they tell us. But I wonder if the Lord doesn't look at our sin in that way. And, and where we beat ourselves up for something or we, we carry our grudge over one thing or another, I wonder if the Lord our God doesn't look at us with that deep compassion of a father who loves in a manner that we, can't, we can barely comprehend. But if we think about God's forgiving love for us, maybe as we would forgive our own little ones, maybe that's a way of understanding the high calling to which we've been called to be a loving, caring, and forgiving people. Let's pray together. Lord, may we be merciful that we might obtain mercy. May that which we desire be that which we project. And may you thereby, O Lord, be glorified in our time. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And our Savior, when he was with the disciples at the Last Supper, was trying to explain to them what it was that he was to go through. They had no idea what he was talking about. They needed forgiveness. They needed to know they were loved. They needed to come to a place where they would forgive one another. So Jesus, in demonstrating his love for them, took bread, and he broke it. And he declared to them, This is my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat, and do this remembering me. And in like manner, our Savior took the cup and said, This is my blood, which is shed for you. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, You show forth my death until I come again. Come to the table of our Lord.
0: See from his head, his head, his feet, sorrow and love flowing down. Did there such love and small love so so amazing. amazing so divine demands my soul my Remember me, take this cup. this love. That I can be white as snow, white as snow, white as snow. Though my sins were as scarlet, Lord, I know, Lord, I know that I'm. Through the power of your blood, through the wonder of your love, through the faith in you I know that I can be white.
1: Join me in prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You came not to dominate, but to serve. You came not for yourself, but for your Father. You came for us, not to change the world, but to save And we thank you, O Lord, for the gift of your life in us. So we praise you, taught us to pray, O Lord, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
0: If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org if you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.